Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here is Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hi, happy Saturday. How are you doing? Happy holidays. That's right. That's right. It's Boy, almost we're here. Almost done with this year. Really close. And you know what that means? <laughs> we have to start looking at our taxes. That's right. you yeah. got to start putting your stuff together for 2022. <laughs> but it's not too late. If Never. you still have a paycheck coming to right. you, you can Probably still make an adjustment. Maybe one or two more paychecks coming to you, and that's it. So Yeah. So we can talk about that. We can also talk about um, the crypto stuff that's going on. Uh, a lot of things nationally happen with interest rate hikes and all that stuff. But I will mention Jeff Zufall is a senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. He is, full disclosure, my tax guy. Yes. So whenever I have any <laughs> questions, I give Jeff a call or I just wait until the weekend and ask him on the show. That's right. <laughs> so he is there for me. He's there for you. 636 636- Three nine four five five two four, and you can check them out at capitaladvisorygrp.com. There is something called the EIDL loan repayment. Yes. And this is something that came about during the pandemic? Yes, these were pandemic. And so the, a lot of there's PPP, which was the Paycheck Protection Program that started. Um, and then these were emergency disaster loans on top of that. So originally, the EDILs, when they came out, they said that everybody was going to get $10,000 out of the box. And then it was an actual loan with the Small Business Administration or the SBA. Um, I think within a couple of weeks, the feds realized that the $10,000 up front was never going to happen. So these became actual loans. It's a loan with the SBA. Um, And the funny part is... Um, it was. It basically started from a standpoint where I think they said there was $390 billion in disaster loans issued. Um, there wasn't much from the uh, application process other than to say, hey, I have a business um, and I need money. Um, <laughs> it was short, sweet, and simple, and poof, within a couple of weeks there was money in your bank account. The problem is it's a real live loan. There's very, very few of them that have actually been forgiven, um, and it's kind of a weird scenario to get it forgiven. Um, but there's the 3.75 is the small business loan amount. That's the interest rate that you will pay on this. They're typically 30-year notes. So people were like, hey, I'll take advantage of it and borrow twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. i will pay it over 30 years. It's 375 if it is paid through the business, the interest that you pay is business deductible, as, as interest of doing business. And they used it as they went forward. Um, and if you're a non-for-profit, it was 2.75, so you get a little little you know advantage by being a non-profit. Um, but again, the concept is in today's environment, um, it's, it's a payback loan going forward. We're, the majority of the PPP loans were forgiven, which means you got the money. 
um, and kind of down the path of uh, there's a lot of stuff saying, hey, student loan forgiveness, and everybody's like, oh, right, that's yeah. terrible. But yet they gave a ton of money away for PPP and these emergency disaster loans, which the PPPs were all forgiven. Nobody ever paid them back. And most of those were, I'll say, six-digit, you know, 100,000-plus loans. Yeah. Um, and nobody paid a nickel um, as long as you did the right processing. And the banks pretty much helped take care of that as it went forward. So. Those are done. Um, hopefully we never see that ever again. But now these uh, emergency disaster loans are sitting out there and the payments are starting. Um, so you were able to defer it for a while. But the problem with it is the in a big picture deferral, um, you could defer it up to 12 months. Um, and it usually was a year deferral to start with. Then you could de- defer it twice to a maximum of 30 months. Um, and it was supposed to give taxpayers time to recover from the pandemic, get the wheels back in motion, you know, your business, um, you know, and then go from from there. But Congress didn't allow any other adjustments to this, um, you know. And so basically that could be an issue going forward. Um, there really isn't – you could do a, a hardship rule basically, and the hardship they'll let you drop your payments down. I think it's uh, – uh, 10% of the amount due are a minimum of 25 bucks for six months. <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, you can basically keep requesting six-month extensions on that if you really have a true hardship. But So if you're a small business and you took one of these out, uh, are they still available? Hmm. No, these are these are done. You can't yeah. get access to any. I was going to say three point seven five over oh, thirty yeah. years. That's a great. But back then, you're talking rates of two, two point yeah. five, and you're like, oh, three, three seven five. Most people were attracted to these EDIL um, because they were supposed to give ten thousand dollars cash up front, and most people were like, hey, I'll take my ten grand. Uh, but that never developed. <laughs> they became true notes or loans with the SBA. And what is what is the terms on a normal loan for a small business? Well, it depends. I mean, uh, if you're, you're you're going to a bank and getting financing, it, it could be a five year note. You know, if it's operations, it could be a thirty year note. If it's a, a building equipment, just depends. Yeah, um, I'm, but, I'm reading. Uh, you know, there's a story in the Wall Street Journal about it. <clears throat> Cookie company out in L.A. I mean, she says it's a difference from everything else out there. Everything else is high interest and a two-year payback, and this is three oh, yeah. seven five for thirty for years. thirty years. I mean, that's yeah. like a mortgage. Yeah, it's and and basically that was the concept is when people saw the interest rate and they'd say, hey, it's you know current rates then might have been two two and a half, but this is three seven five, um, but it's thirty years, so I take the money and run because they didn't see they didn't know what was on the other side in a sense. And this was all because of the pandemic. Yes, this was Completely. during that whole point. This where was to make sure that companies. Small businesses. Keep the lights on. Yeah. Keep the doors open. Yeah, mid-sized businesses stayed in business and gave them the funding going forward. Because typically prior to COVID, if you were going to get an SBA loan, you had to, you had to present SBA with a business plan. And your business plan might take you six months to really create a real business plan that the SBA or, or what's called SCORE. And SCORE is a, um, it's a nonprofit volunteer organization. Um, that will help you build, you know, kind of set the stage to get you to the SBA side. Um, and that was always, I'll say, elusive, you know, the SBA. Ooh, you had to have a business plan. Well, 
uh, COVID kind of brought them right to your front door if you're a business owner because most people already have a relationship now with SBA, whether they realize it or not, whether it was PPP loans or the EDIL loans. Yeah. And then you have to pay them back. This isn't the, the PPP was the yeah, PPP was paycheck for, protection program. Yeah, typically forgiven. I mean, that was very, forgiven. Very few weren't, but a handful weren't just because of circumstances. But the bulk of them were all forgiven. These are not forgiven. Yeah. Um, these are they're, they're not forgivable. They weren't designed for that. Um, they were a true note back to the federal government. All right. So if you've got one of these out there, they are coming due. You can get uh, – there are some wiggle room in there. You can yeah. do a hardship. You a can hardship do a deferral, if you had to. But, deferment. Um, um, you know, and again, you can prepay them too. Um, so there's no prepayment penalties in there. So if you have the capital, again, kind of goes down that path we talked about last week. Um with interest rate spikes, this might be your three seven five. You know, you might be at five or six percent if you did financing today, um, or higher. It might be, you know, to your advantage to keep this and yeah. just make monthly payments as we go forward to see what really develops on the other side of this. Yep. Um, so, if you're a small business and you have one of these, they can always reach out to you. Oh yeah. To find out how uh, they can work and mm-hmm. how payment repayment goes on that. Uh, but it's just something that's out there right now, hanging out there uh, in the news. These are going to have to be paid back. Yes. They're not going to be forgiven. <laughs> I think everybody put them on extensions and they pushed them as far as they yeah. possibly Let's could. Let's see what's going to happen. And see what, yeah, what's going to go down. Um, you know, and some people uh, sat on the cash. They didn't really need it. Um, they can turn around and pay the loans right back. No questions asked. Other people, the funny part was, and some of these EDILs, um, they were used to pay taxes, back taxes, because um, there wasn't the provision in there that said you can't do that. Um, <laughs> right. So it's it's kind of crazy. Where a PPP loan was actually true paycheck. Um, it was it was for you know basically payroll. It was to to pay rents, utilities, you know, so on and so forth. Whereas this was just a wide open loan out there. And the idea is that now that it's coming due, put it in your budget. Yeah, you have to. Um, you really have to because I don't the, and I don't think that the I've heard a lot of questions from clients who have them and they're like oh you know they're they're going to be forgiven aren't they and it's no <laughs> yeah it's a real loan with the SBA um, thirty years um, you have to pay them back so if I'm a small business and you specialize in in helping out small businesses you'll do their taxes you'll you come up with a, a plan the strategy for and the plan yeah. Is that something that I can come to you and say, hey, Jeff, we've been open for a year now. Um, we've realized we don't really know what we're doing. Um, you know, I bring up the the example a lot. You know, you're, uh, you love flowers. You quit your job. You opened up a yeah. flower shop. Uh, you've got great bouquets. Everybody's happy. You get great Yelp reviews. <laughs> but you're realizing, you know, maybe I'm not making a profit or maybe I'm not making as big a profit as I could. Yes. I can come to you and, and we can help are, sort it yeah. out. What are and, the steps that you go through? Well, the steps would be basically we would look if you have QuickBooks or any other type of software. Some some companies don't have enough, I, I don't want to say transactions. It's not revenue. It's more transactions that they really don't need to be plugged into QuickBooks. But I would strongly suggest QuickBooks. Um, just it's kind of the common, you know, software across the country. Um, and there's ways that you can make sure that the bank accounts are linking, that the credit cards are linking to QuickBooks, and you can create profit loss statements and analyze the profit loss statements. I hear a ton of people say, 
oh, I'm not profitable because I don't have any money in the bank. Um, that's not necessarily true. Um, you could be extremely profitable but have no money in the bank. Um, or the reverse is have a bunch of money in the bank but not be profitable. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it just it depends upon the expenses that you have, um, different stuff like um, most people – um, I'm, we're starting to see a lot of this, and some of them, they're, they're, we're kind of telling them no. They're pushing the limits um, on what's called one, Section 179, which is if you buy a high-end SUV, um, gross vehicle weight greater than 6,000 pounds, you get to take a full or you can take a full deduction the year that you purchase that vehicle. But it's got to be used 100% business use. You can't do that and then not drive the vehicle for business use. So we see stuff like that where people are like, hey, I want to take all my cars and put it in my company just because I have a company and I can do that. And, yeah, you can. But if you ever get audited, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we try so, to do here on exactly. Keep What's Yours with Jeff Sufall. I wrote the book, Keep What's Yours. We do the show, Keep What's Yours. Try to remind everybody that there are things that you can do within the tax code. Exactly. Just because your friend said, hey, I write off all my vehicles. Um, it's different if you're a, a, a contractor and you need, you know, the F-350s. Yes, you're going to use that to drag your stuff around and, you know, uh, drag materials and equipment and so on. That's that's 100%. But the average person, um, you know, high-end Yukon or, you know, Escalade or something of that effect – um, you'd have to prove, hey, how does that really is it is it a business necessity? Right. How um, does how does this benefit yeah. your business if, if rather a, than a, getting exactly the real estate Corolla? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a real estate agent, uh, I you you have to show some. Um, what do you want to call it? Uh, um, you know, uh, pride, if you want to call it that. You don't sure. want to go jump in a little you know beater and go, hey, let's go look at houses. Yeah. But if you did jump into jump a in my Prius, yeah, or a, a Escalade, that's kind of more. Down that path. So. Does that work? Would that work? Yeah, you I think say, that's acceptable. I've got to make a, a sh- appearances. Uh, you got to make up, an keep appearance. Up appearances, yeah. appearances, and and you don't. Plus, you I got to put all those for sale signs in. That's the back. right, <laughs> and toss them out as you go. No, yeah. So I mean, something of that effect. But if you're, you know, you just show up at a manufacturing job, and you take that vehicle and put it in the company. I mean, technically, what's it doesn't have a true business use or business purpose. So that's where we see people go, ooh, you know, I'm just going to put all my cars in there. My wife's going to drive one, and but she never even shows up at the, the business. That's an issue. Um, what happens if I take a magnet, and it's got the company name, and I slap it on the side of my car? Mm-hmm. Does that count as a, a billboard? It technically could be advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could maybe take just the expense of making that magnet, take that as a deduction, most people like to slap it on there and go, ooh, that's a business vehicle. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the point being, if you're a small business, there are things inside the tax code yes. that you could be doing. Just don't work outside of the exactly. tax code. Exactly. Because, you know, the risk isn't worth it's not because, the, because again, the non-reward. Yes. The, if the IRS really hires the people that they're hiring or they say they're going to hire at a future point, um, and I think right now what they're saying is um, the IRS is going to have more people taking phone calls this upcoming tax season. The IRS has hired 4,000 people. Four, exactly. 4,000 out of 80. So they've got a little ways to go. We don't know exactly what service centers they're in or they're what gonna, They plan are. to hire 80,000 people. Yes. 
They've got 4,000. 4,000. So it's and a start. Anybody, everybody knows that <laughs> hiring is tough right now. Yes, yes. Uh, but so, they've got 4,000 people, so maybe they'll start answering the phones and maybe they'll start I hope they do. filing those papers that, you know, they can't even – we talked about this before. Uh, the IRS office in Austin, Texas. They've yes. got Austin, Kansas City, mm-hmm. and Ogden, Utah. Utah, yes. For some reason. <laughs> Uh, but the one in Austin, they, the Washington Post went in there, can't even eat lunch in the commissary Mm-mm. because there's paperwork all it's over stacked. the tables. Stacked, stacked all over the tables. So yeah. they're going to start going through all that stuff. And when we're done, they're going to start going through your stuff Hopefully. and my stuff and all of our stuff because what they're trying to do is catch people. Yeah. Well, that's the concept is the Don. We talked about that last week or two weeks ago. Um, the IRS says there's, you know, uh, 400 or 500 million dollars a year that they're missing out on people are being tax cheats you know so on and so forth that's you know hey i got a business i'm going to ride off my vehicle and my wife's vehicle um but when the wife's vehicle really isn't business use yes that's that's what they're looking for um and so they're going to dig deep once they have all these people put on staff but they got to get caught up first and a lot of people do not realize um, they're like, hey, we mailed that, you know, a month ago. Why didn't I get a response? It's sitting on somebody's desk somewhere. And it could be three, four more months before they respond. Yeah. So the concept is, is again, don't mail anything. There's some stuff that you're forced to mail. You just don't have any choice. Um, but other stuff that can be done electronically so nobody has to touch it, we're safe. And it'll probably pop in and pop right back out. Yep. So do your taxes the legal way. Stay within yeah. the boundaries of the tax code. Yes. And we always mention there's stuff in there for us. It's yes. not just written for the rich yeah. and the fabulously wealthy. Yeah. I mean, um, they have a whole section to themselves, and sure. it's a little bit, a little bit more glamorous. But <laughs> you know, Donald Trump isn't paying taxes because he's utilizing the tax code. Exactly. Uh, if you've got a problem with that, then talk to Congress. Exactly. Because they're the ones who wrote the tax code. Um, GE's not paying taxes because they're utilizing the tax code yeah. the way that it was written. Exactly. Uh, they've changed things. They've, they've attempted to. Um, I don't know how it'll end here shortly, but the inflation— What do they say? 15 percent Yeah, minimum, minimum tax, and that's part of the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, but, again, we haven't seen the true end results of this, and the corporations may figure that loophole out. Yep. Um, so yeah. GE might be able to do as many loopholes as they can, but the idea is that at the end of the year, minimum 15 yeah. percent is what they're going to have to pay. They and I can't think it was uh, wiggle their way out of that. They had to have what was it? I think five billion dollars, five something like that, five or 15 million of revenue, 15 million, five billion, something like that yeah. um, before that really kicked in. So. You know, maybe they figure out how to break into two separate entities and stay under that threshold. There's all kinds of weird, right? There weird th- advantages that look, could, there's there's yeah. a, a building full of tax attorneys <laughs> yes, right now working that are on figuring it. out. Hey, yeah. we need to figure this out quick. They're calling uh, AOC right now. They're yeah. saying, "Can you can you show us what the final bill is? Because yeah. we we yeah. need to start working our yeah, way around it as fast as possible." But the idea is that they've made the tax code out to be beneficial for the big guys and sometimes the little yeah. guys too. Yeah, there's advantages so, out there. Small businesses, and I say small businesses. That's you know oh, a single person you know selling the the widget out of the garage. Um, that's a small business. You could have ten employees. That's a still small business. Um, so. Yep. So there's stuff in there. So work within the tax code. And if you want to figure out how to do that, give Jeff a call. 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. 
If you haven't consulted with someone, if you haven't done anything, you're just kind of paying your taxes or just feeling like you're working your way through it from what you read online or what yeah. the, you know, the the website prompts tell you to do when you try to <laughs> fill out your taxes. Um, there's something more that can be done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually. Usually there's something that can be done. So talk to a tax professional. Make it be Jeff Zufall, 636-394-5524. And just know that if you have one of these loans that are out there, they are not forgivable. No. They, they are something that it's... you have to do. And if you're a small business and you haven't heard about the ER uh, – CT, uh, Employee Retention Credit. Yes. Right? E-R-C-T, uh, myerctoday.com yes. is a website that you can go to. These are the things that um, if you kept your doors open during the pandemic, yeah. if you kept people on payroll, uh, employee retention, if you yeah. retained employees – you get a you get a credit back from the federal government for keeping people on payroll. The government wants to <clears throat> give you a kickback, and yep. we've heard the commercials. Oh yeah, you've seen them, whether you realize it or not. There's commercials everywhere. Um, it is not cheap, um, and I say not cheap. I believe that a, the, the fee to do the paperwork to get from point A to point B ranges anywhere from twelve uh, percent to as high as eighteen percent is what they get. So if they capture or recapture a hundred thousand dollars in a credit for you. Um, and you're at a 15% fee, you're going to pay them basically 15 grand. Yeah. Um, so um, it's not cheap, but the theory would be is, hey, I'm going to get 100 grand back, but I got to give these guys 15 or 18,000 to do the paperwork for me. It's worth its weight. Yeah. Now, the other side of the equation is the year in which you receive that income, it's taxable income to you. So that's what a lot of them are not explaining on the backside of this is when you get this credit paid to you, you're going to pay tax on the, the actual dollars given. So when I, But when I get that credit, so I'm a small business, I kept my doors open, I paid my employees, mm -hmm. the government wants to reward me for that, um, the idea being that it was a tough time for everybody, yeah. and the fact that you were still operating and keeping people off unemployment, yeah. we're so able to still... Keep the, the machine running. Now you're going to have to go back and amend the returns the year in which you receive that credit, in a sense. It's not a big deal. Um, right. But you still got free money in your pocket. <laughs> uh, do I get to uh, tell the government, say, hey, you gave me 100000 but I had to pay this person fifteen? Sure. You get a deduction for what your fee was to acquire it sure. or to, to prepare it for you. So, But you have to go back and amend that year and decrease that payment. So. And if I'm a small business owner and I kept my doors open, uh, I can come to you and say, yes. Jeff, how do I get the and ball rolling? We'll guide you to the people that you need to talk to that know exactly how to do that. So Perfect. 636-394-5524. Were you a small business? Did you stay open during the pandemic? Did you get your PPP, which hopefully was forgiven? Yes. Did you get one of these other loans that it's a, it's a low rate? Yeah. 30 year. You got to start paying that back. Put it in your budget and see if you can get any money back from the government for the employee retention credit. Yes. So give Jeff a call, 636-394-5524. Every small business owner out there should call Jeff today and uh, leave a message because <laughs> he's a little busy right yeah, now. Nobody's there. <laughs> nobody's there. But leave a message with your name and phone number. We'll call you back and uh, get on it. Keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall. There's so much out there to do when it comes to our taxes there's so many 
ways to to kind of wiggle around and you know the yeah. big guys do it and the little guys yep. can too long as you stay within the guardrails within the guardrails of the tax code you yes. are safe and they are hiring more people to start looking to into this stuff look to see if you jumped over or not <laughs> so maybe if you've been kind of going loosey-goosey the past couple of years maybe now's the time to i would strongly suggest that you make sure that you keep your documents uh, receipts Again, the concept is accurate paperwork, document, 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 document. Um, Maybe not 2022, but most definitely starting in 23 and beyond. Because remember, IRS comes in, say it's 25, 2025, 2026. They're going to look backwards at this stuff. And they're going to go three years back and say, hey, we want to look at your returns. You know, starting in 23, that's when they would be looking at it. Yep. So... So now Just keep is, that in mind. <laughs> now is the time, and we're getting towards the end of the year. Uh, couldn't be closer, actually. It's pretty much there. <laughs> pretty much there. So uh, now's the time to kind of look into it and say, you know what? I need a Jeff Zufall on my side as well. Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Website is capitaladvisorygrp.com, and you can call them, 636-394-5524. We'll be back right after this. It's more of Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550 KTRS, it's Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. The tax show here on the Big 550 KTRS, talking taxes and everybody, it's everybody's favorite topic, yes, Jeff. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I got I to gotta tell you, if I met you out at a bar, and I said, what do you do? And you tell me, well, I do taxes. And I would say, you know what? You'd start walking the other way. Yeah. You know, bean counter and all this stuff. But hang on, everybody. Pencil pusher. Yeah, pencil pusher. Do you pay tax? Jeff, do you pay taxes? Yes. Do I pay taxes? Yes. Does everyone listening to the sound of my voice Pretty right much now? everybody does. Everybody pays yes. taxes. Whether they realize it or not, they do. <laughs> so you need to have some sort of strategy yes. around it. Otherwise, you're going to be paying more than what more you have and to. More more, yeah. You know, I mentioned it last time. A very famous person once said, I'm not paying more taxes than what I legally have to. Yes. And you know what? He wasn't wrong. No, he was he was right on. If you got a problem with that, you know, take it up with uh, you know Congress. Ann Wagner and, yep, that's and right. Corey Bush and everybody there in Washington D.C. Ways and means they're uh, they're having a, a powwows as we speak. <laughs> yes, they're the ones that that write the tax code. Yeah, so we might as well take advantage of it. What's inside of it? Yes. Well, what's inside of it? I don't know, uh, but Jeff does. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. So if you meet Jeff at a bar, there should actually be a line, you know. <laughs> Going uh, out the door to say, oh, I want to sit next to the tax guy (laughs) and just kind of order him a a tequila. There you go. uh, And uh, just kind of pick his brain and see what I could be doing more. Or you can just call him and go visit him during the week. That's right. You know, and you can bring him a tequila to the office. That that works too. (laughs) 636-394-5524. If you hate taxes, Jeff should be the first phone call you make. So. Uh, we talked a lot of news here as well. Interest rates hike again. Yes, this is the seventh hike for the year. The final hike for the year, another half a point. So, again, the bulk of the rate hikes were three-quarters of 1%. Um, the Fed kind of toned it down just a tiny bit because the interest rate hikes actually go back to inflation. Um, and so they, you can see inflation 
I, I say taming it just a tiny, tiny bit. It's 7.1 is what they're saying. And again, that's from November of 2021 to November of 2022. It's still 7.1. Target is two to two and a half is what they're, the Fed wants um, on a regular basis. So if you listen to what Jerome Powell said, um, a lot of people would probably fall asleep listening to him, but he talked that they're still aggressive. They're data dependent, um, and they're going to see it probably February of 2023 will be the next time that they raise rates. Um, and Janet Yellen says that they don't, they don't see or perceive that they will have inflation under control. Best case would be the end of 2023. Um, so it basically what it's what they're saying is is straight out. Um, we're going to keep raising rates going into 2023. Um, and again, mortgage rates are are tied to this, but they're not. Mortgage rates are more to the bond yields, um, which mortgage rates have come down over the last two weeks, just a touch. They they hit mortgage rates hit the high of price seven seven and a quarter. They actually have started to taper back down a little bit. Um, but your credit card rates, your you know mortgage rates, you know in a, in a say line of home equities, um, car rates, um, we're starting to see the good side of this is you're starting to see CD rates, money market rates actually rise, whereas before it was dormant money, um, you couldn't get an interest rates were zero uh, going into the end of last year. Um, today, you know you've got a Money markets at the three percent range, two seven somewhere in that. Um, if you go to a bank, you'll see, as uh, in uh, U.S. Bank the other day, they have a twelve month or eighteen month CD for like three point two or something of that effect. Um, the banks are slow to raise their CD rates because that's how they make money. Um, but again, you know, typically right now you could get a uh, six month CD at four five. Um, so, so we're starting to see where a year ago that didn't even exist. Um, so th- that's the good side of it is rates are getting high enough. You can actually make money on your cash. No risk. That's the beauty. So if there is uh, something out there for me, uh, you know, I come to you, Jeff, and I say, hey, the interest rates are going up. And I was listening to the show the other day. You were talking CDs. You were talking bonds. I've got, you know, 20 grand. That's been sitting in the bank. I don't need it. Uh, We're going to buy some crypto. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk about that Jesus. in a second. Uh, but I want to do something with it. Mm-hmm. You can tell us uh, where to put it. And, exactly. And walk you through it, kind of what, what you would expect. And um, what, what was good last year might not be good this exactly. year. What was bad last year might actually might be, be good this year. Pretty good this year. <laughs> and it's all because of inflation. Yes. Inflation, um, market cycles. Um, biggest thing is your risk, to- your personal. Each every person has their own risk tolerance, which means what degree of risk would you assume for a rate of return, and that's the question of the day. Yeah. And if anybody looks at their their brokerage statements year to date, it's terrible. I get it, um, but that's part of that market cycle. It needs to reset. Um, we saw a pop up in the month of November. I mean, markets are up almost ten, eleven percent um, on average, um, which is good. The question is, will we have a Santa Claus rally, which should be taking place as we speak? And it, it kind of fizzled out. It's really not uh, kicking in just yet. But it's still, we got a week and a half to go. <laughs> sure. So uh, it's one of these things where you know, I look at, uh, you've told us before, 
I look at what I have in the bank. I look at what I have in my savings. And uh, my wife is a little bit more conservative than mm-hmm. I am. Yes. Uh, we're both still fairly young, so we've got time to figure it out. But if if she's able to lay her head down on the pillow at night and exactly. know that she's got $10,000 liquid. It's, there, it, it, it's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. That's in our savings. I can go yeah. to the bank tomorrow and take it all out mm-hmm. and, you know, um, if that's what she's good with, then whatever's left over can be actually, uh, you can assume a degree of risk. And each person, again, like I said, will have a different risk tolerance. Some people are like, hey, put it out there on, you know, red and we're good to go. Right. <laughs> Other people are like, no, I don't ever want to see it go down. And if it does go down, you know, no more than X. So it, that just depends upon, and, and everybody's somewhere in that range. And and with the inflation being what it is, there's some bonds out there that didn't used to be good at all, and now they're kind of they're they're better. Yeah. <laughs> so so again, the Fed's kind of gotcha. Um, October 30th, I think they reset the deck, so now the inflation protected bonds actually have a base income to them, and then the top side. So they're running. I think the the newest issue out there is running like. Uh, six two, six four, somewhere in that range. Whereas uh, four months ago we were at nine six. Mm-hmm. There were some bonds out there as high as eleven percent in the inflation, you know, protected side. Um, but still, it's still a decent rate of return. Um, it's a thirty year bond. Don't panic on it. Um, you could cash out any point in time. Um, just got to hold it a year to get your interest. Yeah. So. Well, that's interesting, and there are things to do. And the idea being, you know, some of us out there, and you know, I am, I am part of this as well. Is we're you know not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck, but the inflation. No, inflation's the catching true up. inflation yeah, is catching, up, catching to up to us. To you. you know, um, I'm, I'm going to the grocery store, and I'm realizing, yeah, you know, man, my savings is is going starting down. to dwindle because the, the the way that you have your budget laid out. It's not taken into account for the increase in inflation. And again, remember, the inflation number at that 7.1 is the X food and oil is the way that the the feds manipulate this thing. Um, and the concept is, is it smooths that. It's not as aggressive or as crazy as if they added it back in. But, I mean, if you everybody's been to the grocery store, you see what the numbers are, and it's crazy. Yeah, and if you talk inflation rate 7.1% or whatever it is right now, yeah. it goes up and down. Um, 7.1, that's better than the 8 that we've been Oh, it's been way better to. than the 8.6 that we were, we were running with a couple months ago. But if you go to the grocery store, you see that the true inflation rate of things that you're actually buying is more like 18%. Yeah, that's kind of the average, seriously. So, and then the gas, let's not even get into that. Cause yeah, and that's, <laughs> it's, it's up, it's down, it is down currently, which is good. Which is good. Um, I'll buy really a whole good. bunch and store it in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> but the question is, is how long will it stay down? And, and it'll go through different market cycles, too. Right. But so. if you've got money just sitting out there, not making any oh, money. Your cash can make money now. Your uh, cash can make money. Yes. Otherwise, it's just sitting in the bank account yeah. for a rainy day. Yeah. And, you know, to, to be honest with you, if, if your wife or your husband agrees that, you know, I could be happy knowing that if if I had ten grand in the bank when yeah. the AC con- exactly. air conditioner went out or the HVAC unit yeah. starts shooting craps, uh, we can pay for it in cash yeah. and, and still be okay. And be able to do it, yeah. 
Well, whatever's left over, put that into something that could be making exactly. you some money. Just a little bit. And there's a degree of risk that you could take as you go forward. So Absolutely. So if you want to know more about stuff like that, Jeff Zufall is a senior tax strategist. He helps me with my taxes. He, you know, puts me on the long plan, five-year, <laughs> 10-year. Uh, and, you know, you can even uh, touch on taxes and retirement as well. Yeah. That's a big one. At least one. start to project out, see where you're going to fall. You know, it's one of these things where it's like, hey, um, I'll do tax-deferred IRA right now, and I'll worry about taxes later. Exactly. Well, at some point, you're going to have to you worry. You have about to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Josh, you're going to start worrying about those taxes? Nah. Yeah. I'll worry I'll about it later. wait a couple more years. Yeah, yeah. I'll and wait. And then you get there, and you can't do anything about it, and you're stuck with what the results are. So if you've so. made the deal to worry yes. about taxes later, just keep in mind – that later's coming. Later's coming. <laughs> it's coming. You have to deal with the taxes. You made a deal to worry about them later. Jeff can help you worry about them when the time comes. He's also a wealth advisor as well over at Capital Advisory Group. So if you've got a bucket of money that's not making any money, go talk, talk to Jeff. <laughs> let's talk. Let's figure out where can I put it. Let's you know. Let's give me four percent. Let's give me six percent. Exactly. See what is out there for you. Six three six three nine four five five two four. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. It's Keep What's Yours. When we come back, we'll talk crypto because there's some movement (laughs) there on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall. Back in the Big 550 KTRS, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Do you have somebody doing your taxes? Do you have somebody advising you on what you should do with that money that's just sitting in your bank account that's just collecting dust? <laughs> what does money collect in the bank account? Um, in a savings account, probably half a percent a year. Half a percent. Money markets are at two seven, uh, depending upon where you're at. Two seven, three, three percent on average. Uh, CD rates anywhere, depending upon the length, um, anywhere between two and a half to four, four and three quarters, as we said today. But there's other things out there that maybe we could be doing to make more money oh, on yeah. our money, and yeah. and the idea is, you know. Maybe you don't need that money right now, exactly. so you're just kind of leaving it in the bank account. But I'll always take an extra 6% exactly. for just <laughs> having money in a different account. Just again, the bucket concept, the the more buckets of money that you have sitting out there going, and I say with different risk tolerances for each one of them, will re, will produce a different rate of return for each bucket of money. And that's personal preference. So um, a lot of people we see, they pile money up in their 401ks. Um, they end up hitting retirement, and they got a huge tax bill. Yeah, because all that money coming out is all taxable income to you. Um, so again, the concept is maybe, maybe ten years, five years before retirement, you actually really start to analyze where do you sit. A, making sure you have enough income to produce the, the or the, enough money to produce the income that you need in retirement. But what is the actual net tax? What's it going to cost you? So if you go, oh, I get fifty thousand dollars a year in retirement, is it really fifty, or is it forty? Because you got to give ten in taxes, right? And that's the question. Anybody out there with a tax deferred IRA is looking at their their. The IRS is your partner. Yeah, the number in there that ain't that ain't your money. It's not yours because yeah. the government's going to step in and exactly. take part of that. Uh, what percentage of it? 
Well, that's up to you. Well, it depends. It depends upon if your wife works, you know, or if you're right. single or whatever the case may be. So um, that's what you're looking for. And if you don't do any tax uh, preparation, you don't do any tax mitigation strategies, you don't implement something a couple of years before you retire, then you're going to pay what the government says you should whatever, pay. Whatever it is, it is. Whatever they want. <clears throat> and so. the, the IRS has it, I'll say, rigged, if you want to call it that. Um, they know you go into retirement, you start Social Security, you start your pension, you start to take some money out. And then lo and behold, this thing called required minimum distribution shows up. Um, and then that's more money out of your IRA. And poof, guess what? In retirement, you're in a higher tax bracket than you are when you were working. Yes. And there's no way out. <laughs> and there's no way around that. Yeah. So the idea was, oh, I'll pay a lower tax rate. And then all of a sudden you're paying a higher tax higher rate. Higher tax rate, yeah. That That wasn't proper planning. Exactly. And if you look at the big picture today where we sit, um, and again, there was a lot of money given out by both administrations through COVID, um, which rightfully so should have. Um, most of it was late to the game anyway, but but the problem will be is at some point in time, we need to pay that back. Yeah. And I say we, as a nation, need to pay it back. And the only way it's going to happen is through taxes. tax increases. Taxes are probably going up. And taxes are going up down the, down the path. So be prepared. <laughs> so if you think that uh, the tax rate, oh, I'll pay it, I'll pay my taxes later. Well, the yeah. tax rate might be higher than it Way is higher. now. Yeah. It might be higher. You yeah. don't know. So uh, talk to Jeff and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm kind of you know, a little, maybe I'll do 50% here and 50% there. What yeah. should I do? Jeff can help you out with all that. Exactly. Uh, should I put my money into crypto, Jeff? <laughs> you know, bunch of things going on with this FTX thing collapsing. It looks like a, a you know, your good old fashioned Ponzi scheme. That's what it looks like. You put money into FTX. He took it out and put it wherever he wanted he it to go. He felt like doing it, yeah. yeah. So so they're saying that uh, Bernie uh, made off back in the day. They say that he scammed 40,000 people. Um, they're saying that this could be upwards of 100,000 people getting scammed on this. Oh, boy. Um, and again, with the, the client with good faith put it up. Um, they moved it through the different exchanges and the purses and so on and so forth and used it for their personal gain. So uh, they came and, uh, I guess, arrested him or took him in – custody uh, the other day. He was supposed to go before Congress and do a little uh, road show, but they kind of swooped him up before that happened. Yep. So I was like, huh, maybe that's smart on their part. Um, and again, the, the funny part is from the politics side of this, I've seen both sides of it. You have people going, oh, you know, he gave all his money to the Democrats. From what we're seeing now, as you read deeper into this, he really gave it to both sides. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of buying, buying uh, both sides of the aisle. The Democrats were he. It's out there. You could read who he gave it to, how many people, et cetera. The Republicans, though, it was funny because he did it through a PAC, which is a PAC. Um, so the PAC is the dark pool, dark um, money. Dark you can't money, really trace it. Can't. And what it turns out is somebody asked him, "Well, why'd you do that?" And he said, well, he didn't want the Democrats to get mad at him if he was given the same amount to the Republicans. Yeah. And I, I think he said <laughs> so, it's, it's not very popular to give money to Republicans right now. Yeah, and it was right like, now. what? But, again, at the end of the day, he's given to both sides of the aisle. And he did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Both sides of the aisle. Um, so people are like, well, wait, he's buying his way out. I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, you got to realize crypto is unregulated in the states. IRS is literally five or seven years behind the game. Um they're making the rules up as they go, 
And so the issue with FTX and a couple of these other guys that he's going to end up taking down with them is typically uh, most people look at it as the tax equivalent to say, oh, I made money or I lost money. So if you had FTX and you sold it the beginning of the year before all this started and you made a gain or a loss, it's going to fall on your tax return as capital gain, capital loss, um, short term and long term. Um, The other side of this equation, though, is when we fall into this FTX stuff where it's actually fraud and it goes poof, you can't really write it off because it doesn't – it exists, but it doesn't exist. It has no intrinsic value. So what you have to wait for is the feds to actually rule that it is a worthless security, and that's going to be one of the issues. So, A, it's either a worthless security and you take it as a write-off, capital gain, capital loss, or you take it as like a, a theft, a casualty loss, and it goes on. It's not a capital gain, capital loss. It goes on a Schedule A as an itemized deduction. So if I bought a stock and uh, it just tanked, mm-hmm. uh, Tesla, uh, <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, Tesla's going down right now. Uh, if I bought a stock and it tanked, um, I can declare a capital loss. Yeah, and you'd, you'd have to sell it. So I'd if you sell bought it, it for a dollar and it went to twenty cents, you would sell it at twenty cents, and you would take a eighty cent capital loss on that stock. And that would go on my taxes, and that could offset any capital gains. Exactly, all capital loss offsets capital gain. Um, any capital loss that is that you can't use, you get $3,000 against ordinary income. They still haven't raised that for whatever reason. Um, and then say that you still got $30,000 in losses that just carry forward. So again, you could push it to the next year, use it against capital gains or against ordinary income. So until you use it up, but it's, it's only with you in a sense. So Josh, you have a $30,000 capital loss you would get to use that until the day that you die. Okay. Um, so if you pass before the thirty thousand used up, sorry, it just goes away. Goes away. Yep. Um, but can't you pass can't, capital you can't, losses yeah, down to my You can't kids. pass it on. <laughs> a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'll just write this off and then I'll give it to the kids." And it's like it doesn't work that way. It's it's to you and you only. But if it's a Ponzi scheme, yes. and it's not like the stock tanked and uh, I, I I played the market and I lost. If someone Bilks me out of exactly. my money. They stole my stole money. Your money. Yeah. How does that work? So it's actually going to fall back onto a Schedule A. Just no, no different than a casualty loss. So if uh, your house got hit by a tornado um, and the insurance company only paid 90000 of the $100,000 repairs, you get to take that $10,000 that's unreimbursed and actually then take that and drop it onto a Schedule A. Um, so, again, the funny part, though, is it's it's – it's not some of the uh, reductions, like you know, hundred dollars for every thousand dollars of income. Some of those are set to the side on this because it's actually theft. So the problem, though, is until they rule as to what it really is, you might be stuck sitting on this FTX unless they actually declare that it's that it's worthless. Yeah, they don't know if it's worthless yet. Yeah. They don't so know. Until they, they don't dig, know exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah, dig deeper and figure out what's going on, and then they do say, okay. They're bankrupt. It's it's a worthless security. Then you can take it as a as a uh, casualty loss or a theft loss, not a, a a sale loss. So if I bring my my shoebox to you, uh, <laughs> you know, this March, and I say, hey, I, I have FTX in there, uh, you're going to say, well, it might just we have might to have sit to sit to on that for a minute, yeah, just to see what takes place. And again, that like I said, they're making the rules up as they go. Um, originally, you know, it's crypto, and it used to be referred to as cryptocurrency. 
Um, but the IRS treats it as an asset. So it's a capital gain, capital loss. It's not like the dollar or anything down that path. Right. So again, this is new territory. We'll find out. Um, he's uh, FTX has taken, uh, I think, two other cryptos. I can't think of the names of them, taking them down. There's probably more to go, um, just depending upon how deep that this goes. Sure. And as always, we need to remember that estimated payments are coming up. Yes. Um, last fourth quarter payment, uh, January 16th. Um, it, and again, that's the one where you want to do a calculation to see where you're at for the year. Um, if you can do that quick calc and go, oh, I'm going to owe a little bit of tax, you could owe the IRS or the state um, $1,000 before they hit you for underpayment penalties. So the concept is is get it under $1,000, make whatever payment you have to make, and you could do that on January 16th to the federal and or the states. All right. So if you are one of those employees that has to pay uh, estimated payments every quarter, yes. just know that it's coming up. It's right around the corner, unfortunately. Don't, it's the last one. It. Yeah, because if you blow this one off and you end up owing tax more than $1,000, um, the federal government, state of Missouri, state of Illinois, they're going to slap you with an underpayment penalty. Um, mm. And just because you you've, you should have made proper estimated payments all year long, um, so they hit you with an underpayment penalty. Failure to make uh, another one is failure to make proper estimated payments. Um, and we've seen that more and more in the last uh, year, year and a half. The tax upon a tax. Uh-huh. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. And if you've got questions about any and all of this, give Jeff a call, 636-394-5524. How do I avoid taxes on top of taxes? Yes. <laughs> Have Jeff look over your stuff. Get him on the payroll, so to speak, and have Jeff be your guide when it comes to taxes. And if you're a small business, Jeff is a small business specialty. Yes. And he can take a look at your small business, find out where you're bleeding money, find yeah. out where you're making money, yeah. and make sure that the one goes up and the other one exactly. goes down. Exactly. <laughs> Give Jeff a call today, 636-394-5524. Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. And just Google Jeff Zufall Taxes. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. You betcha. We'll see you. Thank Happy you. Happy holidays. Same to you. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com.